This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 401. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me once again and welcome to any first time listeners. There are 400 other episodes you can hear if you've only just joined us. My name is Stephen Fennig. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Thank you so much for those terrific responses for our 400th show last week. We did have lots of entries to our prize for the the Uniden Dash View 30 dash cam. We're going to announce the winner later in the show, so keep to stay tuned in to the Tech Guide help desk later in the show where we are going to reveal the lucky winner. On this week's show, Australian researchers have set a world record for internet speed. The new Binge streaming service has just launched and will tell you everything you need to know. And the update from Apple and Google that will make the COVID Safe app even more effective. In the Tech Guide reviews, you're going to take a take to the skies with the DJI Mavic Air 2 drone. We'll broadcast ourselves with the Logitech Stream Cam, and we'll also check out Samsung's Ultra Curved new monitor. And we'll also answer all your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. One of my favourite parts of the film, Top Gun, starring Tom Cruise, is when he and Goose... Uh, joking around after a, a, a flight on one of the, one of their Air Force planes, and he says, "I feel the need, the need for speed." And I think what he was talking about was what Australian researchers have come up with. Researchers from Monash University, they've actually come up, they've set a world record for the fastest internet speed. Can you believe it? It's the fastest internet speed from a single optical chip now i'll tell you the speed and this is just a number that is just will boggle your mind they achieved a speed of 44.2 terabits per second so we're talking tens of thousands of times faster than what we currently have it is so fast that you'll be able to download 1000 high definition movies in one second can you get your head around that for a second? Thousand high definition movies in one second. So that's a thousand thousand movies right there. And there's another thousand you can download right there. Remarkable technology from the researchers at Monash University. Now, to explain this as best I can, what they've achieved, they've achieved this using what they call a micro comb, which is an optical chip that actually replaces 80 separate infrared lasers. So that's a big, big come down from 80 to one microcomb. And it's, they've, they've found that it is capable of that, that microcomb of carrying a communication signal. And here's the best part. The technology can actually be piggybacked on the existing fiber backbone of the NBN. You heard that right. The NBN will be able to use this kind of technology to achieve these unbelievable speeds. Now, this technology, it wasn't just uh, tested in a lab. The technology was actually road tested across Melbourne using a network of more than 76 kilometres of dark optical fibres. So what, what that means is that it's they showed it has the capacity to support 1.8 million households in Melbourne at the same time. So you can imagine the potential for this to connect billions of people all at the same time and at peak periods. So what we've got right now, even 100 megabits per second, that's like a snail compared to what they can offer here, 44.2 terabits per second. So what I like about this is that it presents a progress path for the tele- telecommunications industry, the NBN especially. So the, it is good news that this is this technology is compatible, if you like, with the NBN's current fibre backbone. 
there there was when when the NBN was first conceived, uh, it was the plan was by the then Labor government, uh, Kevin Rudd, who wanted to have fibre to every single home in Australia, and while that was great on paper, when the Liberal government came into power in 2013. They saw the 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 price that that would <laughs> the cost of running fibre to every single doorstep in the country, and w- which would have threatened to blow up the fifty billion dollar uh, budget that they'd set for the NBN. Hence, the reason why the then Communications Minister Malcolm Turnbull, under the Prime Ministership of Tony Abbott, that's when they when when Turnbull came up with the idea of having this. This technology mix, he called it. I think this uh, the whole new cross section of various technologies, from fibre to the node to fibre to the curb. They re they uh, bought all the HFC cables off Telstra. They bought all the HFC cables off Optus. Some they repurposed, some they didn't even use, uh, and they created this mixture. So I think moving forward, what we're going to see eventually is the NBN starting to patch up areas where can, that can be improved. That's going on anyway. But we're down the track. If this technology is to become close to reality, it needs to serve everybody. And to do that, there gonna has to be some kind of investment moving forward for fiber to replace certain parts of the network. Now, I've got here at, here at where I live, I've got fiber to the curb, which means I have fiber running up and down the footpath outside my home, but from the footpath to my house, I have a copper line. And I've had no complaints. I've had the the NBN for a year and a half now, and speed has been great. I'm on the 100 uh, 100 down, 40 up plan, which means I average about 93, 94 down and about 38 up, and hasn't been, touch wood, hasn't been an issue. So for this technology to come to be utilised by everybody, I don't know whether that existing copper line will be able to handle it. I don't know whether it needs to be end-to-end fibre in this instance. So, look, it's exciting times ahead. The, the, these, this research was published in the Nature Communications Journal. I'll put a link to it in our Tech Guide story. And they're saying that this is just a sneak peek of how the infrastructure for the internet will hold up in the next two to three years. Because of all the unprecedented demand we've had, and, and thankfully the NBN has stood up to the demand recently with everyone working from home, homeschooling, uh, not, not leaving, being in lockdown, and, and also using all the streaming services to entertain ourselves. The NBN's done a remarkable job. It's really held up. The, the, it was the ultimate stress test for the NBN. But it is terrific news knowing that this research has existed and that they've, they've set this amazing record. It is really something we can aim for in the future. Not that like having, having 44 terabits per second is a little bit of overkill for most of us. But you think about, it's not just about streaming your Netflix, which at that speed, you could stream every, every bit of content in the Netflix library at the same time at that speed with that kind of speed at your disposal. But who's going to do that? The reality here is that, yes, it's going to help us download content faster, stream our content a lot smooth, more smoothly. It's going to enable things like 8K streaming in the future. But the, the other part of it, the other side of it, is it's also going to empower a lot of the smart technology around us. Things like autonomous driving, things like smart drones and smart deliveries, they, they need to be connected to some kind of network. And having that speed and reliability is certainly going to help us along the way. Uh, and th- th- that, that in combination with 5G, which sort of offers the connectivity as well as the speed, this is really going to play uh, into our hands in the future. Good to know that Australians are leading the way here and yet another potential invention that's going to change the world. The other, and I'm sure some of you listening right now wouldn't realise what I'm about to tell you, Wi-Fi was invented in Australia. So this is yet this is another technology that the world could th- be thanking us for, this, amaz- this amazing technology to achieve these incredible speeds. Wi-Fi was invented in Australia by the CSIRO, would you believe? Uh, it was actually done by accident. 
it was it was a an experiment looking at uh, various stars and communication and they discovered in in the in the experiment that the radio waves could actually transport data uh, as well and that that's kind of they said okay well if we can do that that means we don't have to plug in a cable to to achieve our connectivity we can use we can do it wirelessly now at the time it was a revelation uh, but a, a lot of people don't know that they, they deserve the credit. The the Wi-Fi uh, was in. It was actually the CSIRO astrophysicist John O'Sullivan. Uh, he was working on uh, the experiment. He was working on was about atoms and black holes. And as I said, the experiment failed. But they did work out how to manipulate those radio waves before seeing how well it could be used to transmit and also receive data as well. And that was the basic framework of Wi-Fi. So fast forward to 2020, those geniuses at Monash University, we could be talking about them in the same way because of this incredible record, this incredible research that's resulted in these tremendous speeds. If you want to read more about that story, check it out. I advise you to take a look at it. It's really it's fascinating stuff. Check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. There is yet another streaming service, would you believe? It's called Binge. It launched today. I'm recording this on Monday, May 25. Binge is the latest streaming service that joins Netflix and Stan and Disney Plus and Apple TV and Amazon Prime and Hey You and KO and it goes on and on and on. But it is it is the new normal I think for us now. We being waiting waiting to watch a show at a certain time is uh, I think something we only do for the news and for sport. I don't I don't think We've now gone out of that habit. It is a, an on-demand society where if we think of something we want, we want to watch, it should be a few clicks away and we were able to watch it immediately. And Binge is certainly adding to that convenience. It does have a massive catalogue, and, and this is backed by Foxtel, of course. Foxtel also the company behind KO, which is the sport streaming service. And that that came along at the right time. That was about 18 months ago that that launched. And it was at a time when there were a lot of people who were Foxtel customers, but the only reason they were a Foxtel customer was because of the sport. So Foxtel thought, well, there were people who thought, well, you know what, this is too much just for sport, and they'd be giving up their accounts. So what Foxtel realised is that they needed a service just for sport, and and KO was born. I think it's about 25 bucks a month. And that solved the problem for people who were only getting Foxtel for sport. Now, fast forward to May 25, and with the binge service, this again, I think, presents a solution for those customers who they do want to watch Game of Thrones, they do want to watch HBO, they do want to watch all these great, these this great content, but they don't want to commit to a hundred and fifty dollar a month plan. I think if the way the way Foxtel structure their their IQ uh, set top box plans is that you can't to have the box you need to have a couple of packs and it it's, ends up costing like 60 70 bucks a month perhaps more and you you end up having to get like the kids pack as well as something else that you don't need you get out your kids are too old to be watching these channels anymore you don't have kids there's you got the sports pack you don't like sport so what binge has done here is just giving people what they want if you if you're not interested in sport kids program news all these other things that are on Foxtel, then Binge is a great solution. But if you're a current Foxtel subscriber, if you've got an IQ4, you've got the Platinum Pack, whatever you have, all the stuff on Binge you already have on Foxtel. So don't think you're missing out. Binge is for people new to the game, new that don't have Foxtel, but want to access all this great content. And the back catalogue is very, very impressive. It includes content from HBO that we already mentioned, Warner Media, NBCU, FX, BBC, Sony, Paramount. So the list goes on and on. And we're talking about hit shows you can watch. Like just, just on the HBO side, you'll be able to watch, if you've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones and you wanted to get your Game of Thrones on, then the binge will allow you to watch every single episode, stream every single episode. Same deal if you want to watch Big Little Lies. Westworld, I think it's just had its third season. 
Entourage, an old favourite of mine. That's a great show. Also HBO. I think there were eight seasons of it as well. So if you if you you want to just access those libraries, I think you're going to get your money's worth. Uh, there's also uh, other other content that's coming from Warner Brothers, which is original scripted content. The, in America, the service is called HBO Max. But in Australia, you'll be able to access that content through Binge, through this new service. Uh, not, not, I don't know, I'm in two minds about the name Binge, which is kind of what we do. It, 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 it's self-explanatory. I, I, I don't know what other name they could have come up with, but I suppose Binge tells the story. It's what you do on these streaming services. It, it's a real call to action, actually. The name is a call to action, so you can binge all these great shows. I don't know. It's growing on me, but I'm not sure how that discussion went around the boardroom table over there. But Binge is the best they can come up with, and I, I don't mind it. Pricing-wise, we're talking 10 bucks a month for a single standard definition uh, connection, so that's just one stream. Uh, I, I'd recommend if you're going to take on binge, go up to the 14 bucks. Uh, that that plan, you can have two HD HD streams simultaneously. And if you're a family, you're probably best going to the 18 dollar plan, which allows for four high definition streams as well. Uh, Content-wise, we've gone through plenty of documentaries, plenty of comedies, plenty of dramas, plenty of movies, uh, plenty of there. I've listed all of them on Tech Guide if you want to take it, take a look. Uh, the the how, how can you watch it? That's a, a great question that uh, we were uh, being asked. You can watch it at on the website, so binge.com.au, so you watch it on your web browsers. You can also watch it on Android TV, so if you're a Sony customer or uh, any other TV brand that has Android operating systems, so you can download the Binge app on the the Google Play Store on your TV. Uh, if you have an Apple TV, uh, you can also download to it as well as to Telstra TV. And if you want to Chromecast from a tablet or a smartphone, you can do that as well. Now, in terms of smart TVs offering Binge, Samsung is down to be the first uh, TV company to offer Binge as a native app, Clo- closely followed, I understand, by LG and Hisense. They're hot on the heels of Samsung. Uh, also, PlayStation and Xbox should get it. Maybe not this year. Maybe the end of this year, early next year. Uh, but that they're also on on the uh, on the roadmap as well. HD is as best as you're going to get. Quality wise, it's 1920 by 1080. And if you're on the, the standard definition stream, which I, I really don't recommend, uh, you're only getting 720 by 576. 4K won't be offered anytime soon, is what I'm told. So don't expect to see cracking 4K content. For that, you need to be on Stan, on Netflix, on Apple TV+, Plus, uh, on Disney+. Plus. They, they're off, they offer 4K. and at the, the, But the difference there is that there's different content. Like the only place you could stream Game of Thrones this second is on Binge. The only place you can watch, you can stream Star Wars is on Disney+. Plus. See how it's a battle of the content, battle of what you want to watch, battle of what's coming up. So you've got to look in the future to see what content is down the line that's coming down the pipe. So uh, a lot of decisions to be made. But at 18 bucks a month for four streams, that's pretty reasonable, I think, for especially for the type of content they've got and, and a lot of new content. Don't think that it's just a library of stuff. There is all new stuff coming through, updated every week, uh, and, of course, the catalogue stuff that I mentioned. Now, some of the new features on, on how to watch, uh, how to pick your programs on binge their their big mantra is their creed is less scroll less scrolling more viewing and they do have things where you can choose a, 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 to watch something based on a mood on your mood based on the theme all these other little variables they've also got a new feature that I like called surprise me so this is just a random offering so when you turn on the service it'll just start playing something and you go, oh, what's this? It's like when you turn the TV on, the free-to-air TV, and you go, oh, well, what's this? What are you watching? You try to work it out. And it might be something you want to watch. I've done that many times. Turn on the TV, and I've catched, uh, I did it yesterday. I turned on the TV, and there was, there, there were 10 minutes into Rocky Two. I thought, oh, I have to watch this. And I end up watching the whole movie. Uh, same deal, I think, on this service too. You may, you may find yourself that if something is suggested for you, if something's played, you might think, yeah, this isn't too bad, and you go with it. So, yeah, plenty of uh, options there, plenty of content. 
reasonable pricing. So Binge is uh, another of the streaming services for you to choose from. And again, even more content at your fingertips. If you want to find out more about Binge, head over to techguide.com.au. Now, over the last few weeks, I think it's been four weeks now since we've had the COVID Safe app. So we're, we're up over the 6 million download mark, which is getting close to that 40% of all smartphone users in Australia. And while that's been great, the app hasn't. The app, depending on the, what platform you're using, the app can work sometimes, cannot work sometimes. I've just heard, I've heard 45 different things about how, say, the iPhone uh, acts. I know the iPhone didn't allow third-party developers to transmit Bluetooth. Uh, Android users maybe not communicating with iPhone users. Uh, Apple users, depending on how many apps they had open, if, if the COVID Safe app was open as well, it would get buried under all the other apps and not be effective. So I've heard all these tales, I've heard everything, and the it's it's hard to know whether your app is working. My understanding of the Apple version of the app is that, and this is what I do, I'm using an iPhone at the moment, and if I'm walking into a busy shopping centre, I'll have the COVID Safe app on and leave it running. So have it on, lock the phone, put it in my back pocket, and let it run. So that's that's kind of so it doesn't get buried under any other app. So what's happened now, though, Apple and Google have just released a software update that includes an API, which is an application programming interface, a little bit of code that the government can use to get all those things that I just mentioned, all the dramas with the app. It will hopefully solve all of them. So the key pain points were the use of Bluetooth in the contact tracing app, ensuring that it will work well in the background, making sure also of interoperability that Apple and Android phones can also detect each other and connect more easily through the app. That's why Apple and Google are working together on this, not just looking after their own. They are helping each other. So all their customers are all treated the same way. So if you're an iPhone user, check your updates, your settings. So go to settings, general, software update, and Click on that, and if you don't have automatic updates, there should be an iOS 13.5 update. So run that, and when the government decides to use this API, your phone will be ready for it to run as it should. On the Google side, there should be an update to Google Play Services. Uh, That is going to then prepare your phone for when the COVID Safe app itself is updated by the government, and everyone is happy, everything is working, and the app will work as it is meant to. They also mentioned, and I did listen in on a call, uh, that Apple gave and Google gave a little, uh, like a little briefing about this, and they did mention the other things that they were looking at was uh, having the Bluetooth perform even more efficiently, so it's making even less of an impact on, on your battery. Uh, not that Bluetooth was a real, real drainer of your battery anyway, but they, they made it even better. The other thing too is they, they decided to create a randomly generated key to uh, to disguise your identity, so to, to encrypt your identity. Uh, before, they had a derived key, which meant that it, it, was, it was from some sort of algorithm, a set algorithm that create the derivative. What they've done now is they've said, look, we're going to make it random. So it's like... Uh, it's it's even harder to crack. The derivative would have been hard to crack anyway, but having a random key generator makes it virtually impossible for anyone to crack it. So big tick privacy, big tick security, and another big tick is for its efficiency. The uh, the the apps should work better. We are up to nearly that forty percent mark of smartphone users in Australia. I think we've, we're about six point two million downloads now. Uh, if you haven't downloaded, I would highly recommend you do it, because uh, how it works basically is that now that we're all heading back to work, now that we're all heading back to school, now that we're heading onto public transport, now I think is the most important time to have this app working properly, because if in the event you get coronavirus or you are you might have been sitting on a train or a bus near someone who had it the covid safe app will give you a heads up so if you tested positive you upload your data to your state's health authorities so anyone that your that the app contacted for 15 consecutive uh, minutes 
they will get a notification that they need to be tested because they may have been exposed to a COVID patient and vice versa. You might receive that because you're not going to take down the name and number of the people that you sit next to on the train or on the bus. I don't know. You you might try. I don't know what reactions you'll get, but they're not the people you'll remember if you do get the coronavirus. They're the people who will get the reminder, the update, the notification from the app if you do. So it's it's, I think, protecting those people and that, that you would never know. You don't know their name. You don't know the person of the woman sitting across the aisle on the train from you. You don't know where she lives. You don't know her phone number. But if the COVID Safe app is working, you are anonymously connected and that information is stored in the app securely, encrypted until it is then released to the health authorities uh, with your consent. So uh, I think it's important that we, more important now that we're sort of getting back out into the world and interacting with each other to really sort of trace any remaining cases and get rid of this thing for once and for all. If you want to read more about the update for the COVID Safe app and check your updates, your phone may have an update waiting for you. Check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our good friends at Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi feeling old? Does it buffer when you're streaming? Do connected devices slow it down? Can it handle gaming, video calls, large file transfers? And what happens if you try to do all of those things at once? Well, it could be a nightmare. But it doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is if your Wi-Fi router is old and outdated. With the Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel new again. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest technology that allows more devices to connect and stream simultaneously without impacting speed or reliability. Stream in HD, 4K, even 8K without buffering, eliminate lag while gaming, and connect more devices to your Wi-Fi than ever. Before, uh, Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is like upgrading your Wi-Fi to first class. If you're ready for Netgear's best Wi-Fi ever, you can get it today from Netgear and never worry about Wi-Fi again. Check out Netgear's Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 at netgear.com.au forward slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Heading up our reviews for this week, we are talking about the DJI Mavic Air 2. We have taken to the skies with this beauty. This is a great little drone from DJI. DJI, I call DJI the apple of the drone world. All their drones are brilliant. They're the best. And this is continues that legacy this is why this proves once again why dji is the number one drone manufacturer this little drone really is punching above its weight in terms of size and in terms of capability when you first see this drone the Mavic Air 2, and I've done a video, by the way, so if you do go to techguide.com.au and the video is embedded in this, in my review, but I also we are also on YouTube, so check us out, Tech Guide on YouTube, uh, Tech Guide AU, I think is the actual name, but if you do a search for Tech Guide on YouTube, you'll see our, our logo, and this is there as well. Among other videos, I'm, I am producing a lot more video lately, uh, and, and, and the the, my readers and viewers seem to be enjoying them. This is another. I did a video about the DJI Mavic Air 2, and it was a great way to demonstrate how small this is. And being a Mavic, it's a fold-down drone. So the, uh, the props fold, fold out to, uh, to, so when you're ready to fly, but folds down to the size of a water bottle. And I actually put a water bottle next to it. You'll see this in the video. The water bottle's bigger than the, than the Mavic Air 2. So when it's folded out, props are on. Make sure you put the right props in the right motor. There is little silver markings on the on some motors, on two motors, and black markings on the other two motors. So make sure your propeller, which has a little silver marking, goes in the silver motor, black marking in the black motor, and you're good to go. You, if you don't get that right, it won't take off properly. The app will actually tell you, check, check your propellers. You haven't put them in right. So great safety feature even before you got off the ground. The DJI Mavic Air, even though it's small, 
it is tremendously capable. And I was a little worried at first. Like, I, I fly my drone. Uh, I live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, so the beaches, all the eastern beaches are kind of my drone playground. I like to sort of fly where it's nice. Uh, and the, on this occasion, it was around Lurline Bay, Maroubra, the cliffs of Maroubra, Mistral Point. And it was a very windy day. In fact, I turned up, I'm thinking, oh, I don't think I'll be able to fly this today. I, I was worried that the wind is just going to take control, wouldn't let me control it properly. And boy, was I wrong. This thing stuck in the air like there was no wind. And when, when I look at it, actually, I'm not surprised because when you see the body, it's actually quite small. It, it, when the props are unfolded, the actual body of the drone is quite small and sleek, so that there's not much for the wind to catch anyway. The props as well, the, the prop arms are quite thin and light and wind-resistant, so it, it just sat there. In, in, even in the, hot, in the breeze, it just sat there still. Was, was, I was able to control it really well, fly it up and around and down, and the footage, because of the, the camera, which I'll talk about in a minute, the three-axis gimbal on the drone... Again, just a just a genius bit of technology that th- there is no shake or any kind of any kind of movement in in the video, even in the high winds. And you'll see that in the video. That's why I made the video because you can't really review this drone without shooting some video with it and showing it off. So uh, that's really that was exceptional how well it handled the wind, and the resulting videos were also tremendous. The camera this time out. Is, is improved as well. You get better, there is uh, enhanced HDR for your video, so it does handle the sort of dark and lighter parts of your image. It does also have scene recognition, a little bit like your smartphone, where you can it can recognise the blue sky, clouds, grass, snow, trees, and enhance the image. It also has a low light function, so if you're like sunrise, sunset, it'll punch up the colour a little bit, it'll sort of get a bit more light out of the camera. We, did, we flew on a, on a pretty cloudy day. It wasn't bright sunlight. And the videos were still quite warm and, and, and punchy in the colours. Uh, I was really impressed. 4K quality. You can shoot up to 60 frames per second. And you can shoot in either MP4, MOV, or H.265. The H.265 is a codec that allows you to capture the same quality, so 4K, but it is a much more compressed file size, which means you'll fit more videos, more content on your memory card. Uh, it also shoots 48 megapixel stills uh, as well. Speaking of memory, I mentioned a second ago, it does have 8 gigabytes of internal memory, as well as having a micro SD card slot, so you can fit even more space. You can juggle f- from the app, to decide where you want to store your videos. I chose the SD card because I wanted to, I just wanted more room. But if you've ever, like me, you've ever turned up to fly your drone and forgot your micro SD card, in the past, I just had to turn, get in the car and come home again. In this instance, with the 8 gig built in, you've got some memory on board. So you can record, shoot your video and capture your images even without a micro SD card on board. So that's a, that's a good uh, option as well. And you can uh, you can tick between the two. You can choose where to you want the storage, whether it's on the memory card or on the internal storage. Now, the, the what else has had a redesign is the controller. The controller is a, a little bit bigger, easier to grip. Also has a really nice uh, clip to hold the your phone in place also has a cable a USB C cable and a lightning cable so uh, connects really easily uh, the thumb sticks uh, that you screw them in that they store on the base of the controller and you screw them in each side takes 10 seconds and you're ready to fly uh, so yeah nice nice size to the controller nice way to hold your phone nice way to grip the controller as well it's a bit fatter nicer grip on it so you can easily control the drone from there. Now, within the app as well uh, are numerous features, including quick shots, which are those modes where you can take a droney, you can do a circle. I've done all these in the video, so really check out the video. And you can have like helixes and various quick shots, which are automated shots that the drone just does automatically and offers really professional results. 
especially the circle. There was a, it's you pick your target, and then the the drone just does a, a three sixty degree fly around around that one spot that you've designated, whether it's you or someone else or your pet or whatever you want to do, uh, or someone someone else. It does a fantastic job, and there's several of those uh, those quick shots that are there as well. Really, really good shots they come up with. There are a couple in the video. I think I did a really cool droney where you see the drone pulling away from me and then in the background you see the ocean open up, all the cliffs, all the beaches, all the way to Bondi opens up behind me, which is a pretty smart shot if I have to say so myself. Quality, this is fantastic. The stills, as I mentioned, are pretty cool. And look, if if you're flying a drone for the first time, this is a good choice because... It's, there's a lot of great safety features on board. Like they've, they've got obstacle avoidance. They've got sensors front, sensors on the back, sensors on the bottom. No sensors on the side or on the top. But I think even a beginner would know not to go sideways into something. If you're going to hit something, you're probably going to fly front or back into it. So sensors are in the right place. It does give you that option of it does think for you if you are about to crash into a wall or a tree, it do, it, it'll pull up for you and allow you to, and then sort of route you around um, the uh, another another route as well, uh, get you to a new route. So rather than having to uh, slam into the tree, it'll pull up and then go another way. So don't be intimidated. If you're a first-time flyer, this has got your back. A lot of those features really gives you peace of mind that uh, you're not going to cause too much damage. Um, and it, it, it is really a, a, a easy to set up easy to get off the ground and it is I like how they've simplified the remote control too the remote control like I, I fly the Inspire 2 and the, the remote control has numerous buttons and other options this has really pared it down to the essentials and if you're a beginner it's not a place bad place to start now in terms of price this is 1499 Australian dollars and that is I think for what you get it's a tremendous camera system flies like a dream Fantastic results. I, I reckon that that's not a bad price. But I would recommend paying an extra 400 bucks and going to the Fly More combo. That is an extra... For the extra 400 you get... You get a shoulder leather shoulder bag. You get two extra batteries, which are great. On the battery side, I should mention, you get about just over 30 minutes. DJI say 34 minutes, but I got about 30, 31 minutes out of it, and that's like really flying until it's about to drop out of the sky. Um, so that's pretty good. But if you have two extra batteries in the Fly More combo, even better. So you get more, even more flight time. You also get spare propellers. You also get, a, I think, some filters as well. So... The extra four hundred really worth it. I would recommend going the extra the extra four hundred. So one thousand eight hundred and ninety nine bucks for the fly more combo of the DJI Mavic Air two. This is a fantastic drone, and if you want to check out our, our review and also have a look at our video, would love for you to give us a few clicks there on YouTube. Uh, check it out. It's embedded in our story on Tech Guide as well. But if you want to read all of that, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Rightio. Next up, we're talking about the Logitech Stream Cam. Now, this is a, a webcam that is offers so many features and capabilities and it's come along at the right time because how many video meetings have you done how many zoom meetings and catch-ups and stuff and if you're you're, the camera in your laptop or your or your monitor isn't isn't cutting it then the logitech stream cam can really improve the quality help you look your best and also sound your best because this offers full hd at up to 60 frames per second and it also has pretty good audio built in as well. It's got a little clip so you can connect it to the top of your laptop, top of your desktop monitor. I've used this. I use the Logitech Stream Cam for a couple of my Sky News live streams. So I've done my, my segment I do on a Saturday morning and I encourage you to tune in to Sky News Weekend Edition. 
9.20 a.m. every Saturday is the little tech segment that I do every week. Spend about uh, 8 to 10 minutes talking about the week's biggest tech news stories. And I have used, and because of the coronavirus and not being able to go into the studio, we've done it all over Skype. And I was able to use the Logitech Stream Cam, which uh, offers uh, better quality than the MacBook Pro, would you believe? The MacBook Pro 16-inch, slightly better quality, I'm thinking, out of the Logitech Stream Cam. It connects via USB-C port. So if you've got a USB-C port on your laptop, you're in business. And uh, it can be used, as I said, for Skype, for Zoom, whatever whatever uh, you want to do. But I think the customer for this is someone who wants to broadcast themselves. Live streaming has just exploded over the last few years. And when you think about it, anyone can live stream at any time. We can live stream on Facebook, on Instagram. We can do it. It's like having a TV station in your pocket. You can live stream and wherever you happen to be, you can be live to all your friends and family and all your followers. And it's, it's like having your own little live show. And that, that's becoming even more common. So whether you want to do it on Facebook, YouTube, a big, big area for, for live streaming as well, but also Instagram, Snapchat, it's all there. Uh, and if you want to take part, not only will the Logitech give you the camera and the quality you're looking for, but also it works with a great piece of software that gives you great alternatives and options as well. And I'm talking about the Logitech Capture software. This is free software. Once you once you download, once you uh, install the app, the uh, the camera, and connect it up, the Logitech Capture companion software really adds a lot of fun features, a lot of versatility. Things like it, it adds um, text overlays. So you can put your name on the bottom of the screen. You can you know, look really professional. Uh, if you're doing a, like a Facebook Live and you might, you might cut and paste the comments as they come in or uh, if you say, like myself, you might be doing a live stream and, and uh, viewers, listeners are asking questions, you might just cut and paste the questions and in, into, the, into that window as well. You can change the font, change the colour, have all kinds of alternatives. You can also have these great scene effects as well, where you can put filters on your on the camera, so you can turn the background blue, or turn yourself black and white, or uh, magnify different parts of the screen. So you can have a bit of fun there. You you can also choose uh, if you want to change the color of your background, uh, if you want to uh, have other effects like uh, if you if you the, what was what was funny, and I, and this is a live video as well, by the way. This is I did a video review of the Logitech Stream Cam. Naturally, it's a camera. You got to film yourself doing this some of the scene effects are actually pretty funny the first one puts a real bubble effect of like magnify effect on on your face so it makes you look it makes you look pretty silly you can even put a border around around the uh, your image as well uh, you can use this if you don't want to use it with the logitech capture software you can also use it with uh, any other like on, on a mac for example you could make this your quicktime camera so you can record yourself through quicktime uh, you can use that, but I, I do recommend using the Logitech Capture software because it is possible to have a second source, uh, even a second camera. So you can, for example, have one source as your camera and perhaps another source being your desktop. So say you're live streaming and you're talking about a particular website or a bit of content on your desktop, you can put that up on the screen or you can even split the screen to have uh, the, one, of the, one of the sources there. You can have the, yourself on the other side, picture in picture, side by side. So really versatile for you to create your live stream, even if you just want to create your content, just record it. Uh, and, and then share it later. If you want to you put, create a YouTube video and upload it later, you can do that if you don't want to go live, but there is the option of doing that. So it really puts all these tools at your fingertips and allows you to look pretty professional while you're doing it as well. The Logitech Stream Cam is available now in white or graphite, priced at $229.95. And as I said, really does all the heavy lifting in terms of the camera stuff. Uh, I, I don't think I mentioned the fact that it does auto, auto exposure, so it judges the light in the room and gives you good exposure, has auto tracking if you want to stay in the middle of the frame. So it does all those little things, all the heavy lifting allows you to concentrate on just what you're saying and what you're doing in on your live stream or your recorded content. So it does really put a lot of options literally at your fingertips. 
the Logitech Stream Cam, available now, $229.95. And to read our complete review, head over to techguide.com.au. Samsung has just released the new CT55 curved monitor. It is Samsung's most curved and most immersive monitor. So here's a monitor that has quite a decent curve to it. It's available in two sizes, by the way, 27 or 32 inch. And you think the curvature, it has a curvature of 1000R. And that matches the what, what they say is the human field of view. So if you're sitting in front of this monitor, the curved nature of the screen means that you can take everything in with one glance. So it's, it's the, that human field of view they're talking about. That entire screen you can take in in one glance. There's no need to move your head, move your eyeballs too much. And what that does, it, it helps reduce vis- visual fatigue especially if you're using it over a long period of time. That's the whole idea of, it's not just for immersion, but also to reduce that fatigue, whether you're working, whether you're watching streaming content, whether you're playing a game, it is compatible with all of those uh, those uses uh, and really does give you that more immersive effect. It's got, design-wise, it, it's really minimalist. So the, the three sides, so the top, left and right, there's barely a bezel on the outside of the screen. So it's like an edge-to-edge display. The bottom part of the monitor, that's that's the thickest part of the bezel. The thickness of this thing, it's only 7.9 millimetres thick, would you believe, which is, that's like smartphone thickness. And it rests atop this nice thin metal stand. So very minimalist look, doesn't take up much of a, a footprint on your desk, but really creates that option of you not only it like sinking right into your content without having you move your head about too much, without fatiguing your eyes too much either. Samsung have been leading the way with their curved monitors. They've become very popular with gamers. Gamers really like them because uh, any advantage they can get having having that immersive feeling and not having to move your head. Say you're looking, you're playing a game, you know, you're competitive, you're online, and not moving your head can actually be an advantage because you're looking for enemies and various things uh, in your field of view. So not having to move your head it could could be that split second that means the difference between winning and losing. The uh, also has the CT55 has uh, speaking of gaming AMD FreeSync functionality. So it's got a 75 hertz refresh rate for smoother gaming. On the audio side, there are five watt built-in stereo speakers. So whether you you might be watching Netflix or something through this or playing a game, uh, the, that's pretty decent five watt stereo speakers for you uh, for the your audio there as well. It also has triple interface, so you can connect multiple sources. It's got a HDMI. It's got a display port uh, it also has a headphone jack so plenty of ways to connect it is uh, it's got a like a dark bluey gray color uh, it does have a tilt functionality as well so you can you can adjust it slightly and it's priced the 32 inch model is th- is 449 dollars at 32 inch and the 27 inch is 399 dollars so reasonable price there for curved monitor with all these features less fatigue better better viewing experience better gaming experience as well, and all built into a pretty good-looking monitor. If you want to check it out uh, at Tech Guide, the uh, it's 27-inch and 32-inch. If you want to check this out for yourself, it is a pretty nice monitor. Techguide.com.au This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our friends at Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, we live in a world where we're constantly connected. And there have been cyber attacks and phishing scams, ransomware, online predators. You name it, it's a scary world out there. These cyber threats have truly evolved. And that's why Norton has too. The new Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. They're available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin. They're the company who has the right solution if you need a charger, a cable. They've just recently uh, they have released a range of products. If you're an iPhone user, you can wirelessly charge your phone. There are cables, charging solutions, and both. All there, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, it's the Help Desk, but first of all, we're going to announce our winner of the Uniden Dash View 30 Dash Cam, uh, valued at $399. We did get hundreds of entries, so thank you so much for supporting our, our competition, supporting our 400th episode. And I'm pleased to announce that the winner from Rangeville in Queensland is Ashley Vettiger. Congratulations, Ashley. We've already been in touch. He was very happy about this, and uh, we will be sending the dash cam, the Uniden Dash View 30 dash cam, to you as soon as we can. Congratulations. Thank you, Ashley, for your support. Now, on with the help desk. The we've had we had a lot of people who contact us about a review we wrote a little while ago, and it's a it's a, a unique product that really can change can change things for you, speed things up if you want to scan your photos. Uh, there are so many people, probably you you being one of them, has albums and albums of photographs, of printed photos stuck in albums. Like who, who does that anymore? We, we, don't, we very rarely do that. Uh, but there are people who still have, and I'm one of them, I've got albums and albums full of photos. This solution really does... Uh, I've, not, I've not seen anything better... The Epson Fast Photo is a tiny little photo scanner that can scan 30 photos in 30 seconds. So can, if you get a bunch of photos, you can digitize a photo album in minutes. Uh, it creates, it not only optimizes, it scans it, optimizes the image, allows you to label the photos, saves it digitally uh, in, into a file. So you can really get through and store your stuff, store your photos. You can store them on your computer, then you can maybe put them up into the cloud to protect them because you know what? The, the, the reality is that photos, if, if I, I, I often ask myself, if my, house, if my house caught fire, God forbid that ever happens, but if, if it caught fire, what's the first thing I would grab? First thing I would grab are all the photo albums of all my kids when they were babies and you're really young, and they're irreplaceable. So I think if you, if you're one of these, if you want to digitize your images, save them in the cloud, then... You, th there's one less thing you've got to worry about to preserve your memory. So definitely worth looking into. Uh, it was priced at $799, but it has come down. I saw it at Officeworks for 634 bucks. So the Epson Fast Photo, if you've got some plenty of photo albums you want to scan your pictures or documents, whatever, it takes, takes more than just photos, that is the solution. And my review is at Tech Guide as well. The other question I had was for, uh, there's a lot of people who are driving around in trucks and vehicles that don't have Bluetooth built in, uh, and they were wondering what's a good alternative to stay in touch with people without Bluetooth in your car. The good news is there are still a number of Bluetooth speakers for your car. Maybe years ago, before Bluetooth became a standard feature for cars, there were these little speakers that clipped into your, rear, your visor, and they then connect to your phone. The speaker's right above your head there, so you get you can hear it, and also they can the microphone's close to your mouth as well. They still sell those. So if you're like a truck driver or someone who doesn't have Bluetooth in their car, but you want to stay connected, definitely worth looking at. The brands to look for are Jabra. They've got a few models, the Freeway, the Torch. They've, there's also uh, one from Blue Ant, which is an Australian company, I think called the Commuter, worth checking out. So if you want to stay connected safely, don't forget you can't touch your phone, but you can communicate through Bluetooth. The Bluetooth speaker is the way to go. And that there is our show for this week, episode 401. Thank you so much for listening. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, feel free to email us, info at techguide.com.au, or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage. Uh, if you have a question, uh, it may end up being on the Tech Guide help desk as well. We want to give a special shout-out, too, to our sponsors. Thank you to Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. 
Please support the sponsors that support us. They've been supporting the Tech Guide podcast for years. Thanks for listening again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>